And I belong here. Oh, I belong here. Oh, and I belong here. I belong here for somebody like you. For somebody like me, for somebody like you, just to include me, you wouldn't leave me out, you wouldn't have it that way, when I stepped out of line, your love stepped in my place, and I belong here,
angel cries, I will run away. And I won't. I won't run away, I won't be afraid, no I'm not ashamed, I'm the body of Christ, I won't run away, I won't be afraid, no I'm not ashamed. I'm the body of Christ and I belong here and I won't God knows I'm not thank you God I won't run away you don't have to be you can stand on his way I belong here. Believe it, you belong. For somebody like you to love somebody like me for somebody like you just me. you could have left me out but you wouldn't have it that way just There is a place for me. There is a place for There is a place for me. There is a place for
a place. No matter what you do.
to the caboose to close out this uh, I Belong series. Truly an honor to uh, just to be here before you. I'm super excited uh, since uh, Pastor Linda had presented this to us. And man, uh, what a wonderful uh, time, a journey uh, just going through this week. And uh, if you don't mind, I want to give a cus- couple of testimonies. There's always something going on in the barbershop. And uh, um, one of the, one of the testimonies that I was supposed to have here, a friend of mine, she had uh, came into the barbershop. She was probably about maybe six weeks or two weeks, six weeks or two months ago. And um, she comes in pretty often. Uh, she's a lesbian that she was uh, been struggling with her life. And uh, I was just sharing her about this Belong series. She was super excited. She's like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. I just need that. And then she said, I got to share something with you, Sam. And so I said, lay it on me while I'm cutting her hair. And she said that um, I went to this church that I, um, I don't attend there. I don't belong there. But I went to this church because I wanted to, to show them. I wanted to show them that, hey, you guys don't have the love of Christ if you don't accept me and my wife. And I was, she had a campaign that she was going to go and just bash this church. Zahaya. And I'm like, uh, my goodness, okay. And she said, I'm thinking to myself, she knows what, you know, what the Bible says about it because she grew up in church, but she wanted to see that she, that they would be accepted if they was going to truly, you know what I mean, show the love of Christ. So I'm just like, okay, so, so what's up? So she says, when I got there, God arrested me in worship. I dropped my campaign. And when I opened my eyes, the people that I thought was going to shun me were surrounding me and loving on me. Now, just mind you, this is one of the things she said that she had got up to worship. With her hand, with her holding her wife's hand in rebellion because she was going to be out loud about where she was at this time. Now, she grew up in church, you know, so now I'm just, my, my heart is bubbling because I'm like, what is going on? So she said that when she opened her eyes and God was just talking to her through the worship, that she began to cry. And when she opened her eyes, the worship team was there to surround her in love. Man, how you gonna fight when God don't fight fair, right? And, uh, she said she let her, she let her wife's hand go. And she just began to just uh, allow God to love on her. And then when she got home, it was, it was a little awkward. Because she said, I know God is, is talking to me right now. I said, so, so what's next? What's next? What are you going to do next? She said, I don't know, but I'm just going to follow the leading of the God. And I just truly thank God because the story is not over. You know what I mean? I'm looking forward to the next story. And I'm just truly God because that is, I'm truly blessed by that because God is still working. You think that the story is over. You think that I am going to have my way. I'm going to live my life and you're just going to have to be okay with it. But when you tell something like that to God, Ron, oh my gosh. He's like, okay, okay, I got you. I got you. So let me tell you one more story. Oh my gosh. So this Friday, so I got this, Corey, I got this, uh, I got this text. It was a, it was a, one of those texts that, man, it just hits you all at once, you know. And this was my old boss. I haven't worked with her. She was the XO of a squad, uh, FRC that I was working at. And, uh, it's like November 4th. And she said, Sam, uh, hey, how you doing? <laughs> and then I, uh, I got breast cancer and we just caught it. And I want you to cut my hair because I'm getting ready to go through, uh, chemo. I'm like, good God, I ain't heard this, I ain't heard from this lady in a while. And, uh, but I'm like, man, she reached out to me and I said, ma'am, uh, Miss Pike, I just truly am honored that you would call up on me because she wanted me to shave her head for her, for, and her and her husband was going to do it in, uh, solidarity. They want to cut their hair off and all her friends. And I was like, man, if I did not love my beard so much, I would have campaigned with her, but I was like, let me just do what I can. I'm going to cut her hair. And so I said, you know what? She told me the 20th. And I was like, I'm going to see my mom on the 20th. I, uh, 
I said, can we do it before or do it after? And she said, you know what? I'm waiting for you. I'm not going to let anybody cut my hair. I've been thinking about you ever since my hair started falling out. And I'm like, man, what an honor. What an honor. So, uh, so Friday she came and, uh, she came with her husband and her best friend and her best friend was like me. She didn't want to cut her hair, but she just made it all pink. She said, I'm going to fight with you in solidarity with this thing. And so she got into the chair and oh my gosh. You know how you just don't really go to work planning on crying, Sarita. You just be like, I'm going to have a good day. That wasn't that day. And so she uh, got her in the chair. I draped her up, and uh, she turned with them big old blue eyes and looked at me. She says, are you ready? <laughs> I was like, don't do that. Don't do that. Heck, heck, yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. I've been cutting hair all my life. I would definitely do it. And I, I cut her hair down. Oh, my gosh, you cut it down. And I was like, I don't know how it's going to be. As I'm combing her hair, it's falling out, Kay. It is freaking falling out. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, let me stop cutting it. Let me just stop combing it. Let me just cut it. So I cut it down to, like, stubble, you know, because I wasn't sure if she wanted to be clean like mine. And then uh, she got out of the chair, and I gave her the mirror. And so funny, too, so when little kids come for their first haircut, we give them a little certificate, put a little hair in a little bag. I gave that to her. She thought that was just so funny. And then I gave her a lollipop. You know what I mean? I want to give her the full service. So I gave her a lollipop. Her and her husband was so ecstatic about it. They took pictures, and then her husband was like, hey, let's do it. So I cut his hair, and I cut his hair like mine, clean. And he was like, man, I, I kind of like this. I think I'm going to rock with it for a while. And then she started rubbing her head. She said, this hurts. And then her husband looked at me, and I looked at him. She said, she ain't never felt stubble before. <laughs> I said, come on, get back in the chair. Let me clean it up just like mine. And she got back in the chair, and now she is my sister from another mister. She is clean. But so, uh, and uh, we was crying and laughing and talking, as you know, that we would do. And uh, I was just really excited to be a part of that journey. And I'm truly uh, going to continue to pray for our acts, you guys. And I tell you this because I want you guys to pray with me for this family, Marilee uh, Pike and her husband, Randy. Wonderful people. She was a great uh, leader when I served under her. I don't know if you were familiar. There was a, um, a sailor that was lost at sea. He was fishing. I think this was 2016, 2000. I can't remember. But he was out here at the uh, marina over there on seaplane base. Didn't have the proper gear, but he had... Uh, he lost his life. He drowned. Uh, too much uh, clothes on is what they believed. So after three days of looking, um, he had um, the CO of the base had called off the search, and they let the authorities from the civilian side continue the search. And since she was on duty that weekend and I was on duty that weekend, she got the blunt of it because she had to tell the parents, hey, that we called off the search. And because uh, this civilian lady, this mother who was distraught about her son, being uh, having to stop look for this son she was upset so she went to the media and told the media this lady shut down the search after looking for my son and she as much as she would try to explain to a hurting mother that people stopped looking for it but it wasn't her control she had to take the blunt of that and I was able to see the character of the woman that she was and uh, I truly honored her she said she's going to be watching them service on today so I wanted to give her honor for that I definitely appreciate you Miss Pike for uh, continuing to stand and not try to defend yourself but just, uh, just to take that blunt on behalf of the military. And uh, yeah, his body was found, and his family was able to have a proper uh, burial. But I truly honor her for being able to stand, because she could have been, you know, took a defense and told that mother, but she knew as a mother that it didn't matter. Right now, she just needed to breathe. So um, I'm sorry for that sad story. But just wanted to show how uh, awesome 
of leadership that was. I wanted to just give a brief recap. Super awesome a month. I was able to I love Mama D's uh, word. I know that she was super nervous, but I could just definitely tell the heart in which she gave it, and I truly was blessed by that. Uh, we went to go see family last week, and I truly enjoyed my time. I had such a blast. I hadn't sung with my sisters and my mother ever, and uh, my my sister was driving for a two hour. Uh, we had a two hour road trip together, and and uh, just I was just being Sam. I was joking and laughing the whole time. So uh, my mama said, "What do you want to listen to? What do you want to listen to on this road trip?" I said, "Put on some Two Live Crew." <laughs> they both looked at me. I said, "Just put on some." Uh, uh, what's his name? Travis Green. I think it's Travis Green. And we worshiped through the whole time. I had never heard my sister sing. And really, I, I don't think I've ever heard her sing, but it sounded beautiful. We sounded so great. And I did all the next twos. Like when we were singing family, I sung everything that they wasn't singing. It was beautiful. So I had a great time. But I just really liked, I love this I Belong series that Pastor Linda had presented to me. Pastor David did a wonderful job. What I took away is I love how he said that God honored us by um, allowing Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And I truly appreciated it. He had the, uh, the best, the best time. I won't say the best time, but it suited you. I was going to say that apostle It suited you, how you bring it, because he is a man that brings unity. And I love how he brought the analogy of the puzzle. If you weren't here, he brought the analogy of the puzzle together. And I was like, Oh, perfect analogy of how we belong in the body of christ that it's a lot of pieces but our turn is coming you know and when we find out we get our color coordinated and put get the edges like he talked about get all the corner pieces ready and then we are all we have a place you just wait just keep on waiting your place is coming and it's going to turn out to a beautiful picture uh once this thing is done so i truly appreciated it i love that and he's always been ever since i have known him is to be a man to bring people together with be christian impact uh, men's advances. You know, I had never been on advance in my life till I came to Living Faith Christian Center. We was always retreating somewhere, but I'm so glad that he changed uh, my life by allowing God to use him in bringing the body of Christ, of Christ to uh, everyone. And also, um, yep, and uh, yeah, so can we play this video? I want to, I had a video that I, I really enjoyed looking at, and I wanted to share that with you real quick. today guys today I'm going to be conducting an experiment uh, where I'll ask you a series of questions now these questions will be very personal questions and for us to get a true result I need you to be completely honest with how you respond the first question I have is who in here was the class clown is never on time. (laughs) 
is us. We who have tattoos. So for this morning, I want to talk to you about the benefits of belonging, the benefits and the behavior that you will see if you belong. And it's so important, too, because I mean, once you find out that and it's been eloquently said, once you find out that you belong, if somebody has welcomed you in and you received the welcome and it's not always happened that every it's not always that someone would receive the welcome that they received and you get invited and you get invited and they let you know that you've RSVP'd and that you have a seat and that there are tickets waiting for you at the box office. All you got to do is come pick them up. You belong. There's a chair waiting for you when you get here. You can just sit right by me. Everybody does not accept the invitation. So hopefully that we will share something with you today that you will be able to see and know that you belong when you recognize the behavior of belonging. And so what's the benefit? If you could turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 4, we're going to read 9 through 12. And for those of you that are following along in your Bibles, it's going to, I'm going to be coming from the Message Bible. Um, <coughs> and uh, 
let me slow down a little bit because I always run run real fast and I'm just trying to get through it, but I'm just going to take my time today if that's okay with you. I want to make sure that we get it in through the thick layers of your skull on this morning. So if we could go back to 1 Corinthians um, Media uh, Department, I want to go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. I'm going to read 27 to 31. This is the last part of this, and I'm just going to read it in its entirety, and I'm going to be reading it from the Message Bible. All right. It says you are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. You're familiar with some of the parts that God has formed in his church, which is his body. The apostles, the prophets, the teachers, the miracle workers, healers, helpers, organizers, though those who pray in tongues you may find yourself somewhere in there and even if you don't i got something for you but it's obvious by now isn't it that christ church is a complete body and not a gigantic undimensional part it's not all apostles not all prophets not all miracle workers not all healers not all prayer in prayer in tongues not all interpreters of tongues and yet some of you keep competing for some called important parts. But now I want you to, to, I want to lay out a far better way for you. Those are all great. All those, uh, the church government and those, those gifts that God has given us. But when you, when you look at those gifts and you don't find yourselves in those gifts, know that there is a place for you regardless there is a place for you. I truly, I want to just drop something and it wasn't in my notes. I'm going to let you know that right now. But I want to remind you if you uh, have um, recalled or ever heard the story of the parable of the talents. And just a brief recap, the parable of the talents that a master was going out into, uh, he was taking a long journey. And he gave one of his servants five talents. and gave one two talents and he gave one one talent according to their uh, ability is what the word of God says. And uh when he came back, uh, the one that had five talents, he made it into five more. He made it into ten, right? Bible scholars in the house. And the one that he gave two talents, anybody remember? How many did he, he earn? Four. He earned two more. That is correct. Thank you, Clyde. Mathematician over there. And then he had one that um, took his talent and he put it into the ground. And then he gave him that exact same talent. And so the master was upset with him. You wicked servant. You wicked servant. You could have put it in a bank and let it get interest. You know, at least you could do that. But you take this talent. And so there are so many analogies you can pull from that. But from this talent, I want to share with you that I've thought about it. And I want you to consider that the one who had five talents, he started off as one. Just think about it. He started off as one. And as he became faithful with one, he moved up to five and then he moved up to 10. You may see yourself in that way where I don't really have any talents or I have this raw, raw, um, this raw gift that is not developed yet. But I know that's going to be something one day. And then you come to find that uh, this raw talent now is turned into two talents and four gifts. And now you are operating in everything that God has given you. What I love about God is that if he has need of. Uh, Elder Johnny 
in the season of if, if I need Elder Johnny in the prison ministry to deliver a prayer and Johnny's gifting is not prayer, but of, of songs and prophecy. Guess what Johnny's going to be doing in the prison? Exactly what the Lord has need of. And you can find yourself, which I have been witness to, that your talent may be a, a talent of singing. But if God says, hey, I, Christy, I need you to pray for somebody. And then you don't. Well, you could say I'm not really good at it, but just just go and do what he has asked you to do. And you will come to find that the gift that God has given you that he has placed inside. of You may have taken a spiritual gift test and somebody told you that, hey, this is your lane, brother. And I'm a role in this lane. But Scott, I I just don't know. I think that if God has need of it, he's going to put me in that position. and He's going to let me use it. I've seen it in action in my life, Sister Tiffany. I've seen it. Where I was like, man, I'm not a great singer, but you know I'll do it for God if he asks me to. And then they asked me to come sing at this church. And I'm like, this guy don't even know that I can't sing, but he's about to find out. And then when I began to sing and then the worshipers that was in that house began to sing, I felt a little like John P. Key for a moment. It was a beautiful thing. Now, they could have been laughing at me. They could have been laughing with me. But at that moment, it was a beautiful thing. And then there was a time that I was, I was called to, to, uh, help heal somebody. And I'm like, man, I know that ain't my lane, Adonijah. You know what I mean? I could give you some, uh, some ideas of how to heal yourself, but that wasn't my lane. But when God had called me and uh, we were in a prison ministry, if I'm not mistaken, we was in a prison ministry and this gentleman had asked me, he was going to pray for his brother that, and bring the healing. And I was like, you know what? I don't got to worry about it. I ain't the healer. It's God's what I got to lose, brother Corey. So I began to pray for this guy. You know, I found out the guy wasn't even, he didn't even like black people, but he didn't care about the prayer. He got the healing that he deserved. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's what's up. That's what's up that God can use me. So I never, ever consider myself that I'm just limited to just this one talent. And I'm truly as a witness to stand before you today and let you know I belong here. There is a place for me. I'm just waiting to be used. Whatever you have for me, God. There was a one time in the pastor Linda, I think I was a young minister. I probably wasn't even a minister, uncle. I probably was just one of the deacons. I don't know. But she asked me to just give a short exhortation. And I was all in my feelings. And I was like, man, no, I'm not going to do it. And I, uh, you know, how people say they get beat up by God when they don't do it. What the Lord says. It was just her face looking at me in disappointment. That's all I needed, man. I said, I'm never going to say no again. I just don't feel right. Coming over her house, eating at her dinner table, and I'm just giving. She just keep giving me this look, but it wasn't her. It was just me, like, telling her no. And I was like, that was an opportunity for God to be used. But all I was looking at is the flesh. Like, I don't want to do it today. I don't even know what I was mad at. But never had an opportunity again where I could say no. I would say, yes, I'm going to go up there with my attitude, Hezekiah. I'm going to go up there when I don't think I look great. I want my stank self. I'm going to go up there and I'm like, God, you got to do the rest. Because I don't want to be here. Have anybody ever been like that? (laughs) I don't even want to sing today, but I find myself crying and singing on the drums like, oh, man, I just had a bad day. But I definitely love this worship. God, you just do something different to me. I can't. I can't just stay the same. It's amazing. That wasn't in my notes. Let me get back to this. So this behavior, you, you, I want to let you know. In a, so let's go to Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. 
Okay, you're good. Okay. And the word of the Lord, not, again, I'm, I'm coming from the Message Bible. I really like how he was coming out. This is a part of the, the benefits, um, again, the benefits of belonging. And starting at the ninth verse, uh, it says, It is better to have a partner than to go alone. Share the work, share the wealth. And if one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, <laughs> tough. Two in a bed, warm each other. Alone, you shiver at all night. By yourself, you are unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily broken or easily snapped, as the message Bible had put off. So these are the benefits that you the benefits that you are not alone, that you have someone. And that is one of the, the ploys that the enemy tries to come at us with to let you believe that you are the only one going through what you're going through. And you didn't. And when you get to that point, when he tries to convince you, he lets you believe that people are going to judge you when they find out that you are doing what you've done. And he wants you to be embarrassed. He wants you to be shamed so that you won't share what you're going through so that you will continue to stay in that place. And I, I truly want to expose the enemy's plot. If there's anyone in here today, let me let you know that you are not the first. I like how my brother Warren said that he, uh, he deceived your daddy, your daddy's daddy, and your grandmama, and your uncle. He deceived all them people. You think you're not going to be deceived? You will be deceived. But you have a helper, which is the Holy Spirit. And all you have to do is just open your mouth and you say, hey, I did some things I'm not proud of. And when you give it to that listening ear, somebody's like, you think you first one? <laughs> I did that a long time ago. Oh, you fell into that? <laughs> Let me tell you some things I did. You'd be surprised. You stopped looking at You might look at me a little funny when I tell you what I used to do. But you ain't the first one. But you can see me now and you can see somebody that was victorious. Somebody that don't have to do that no more. You just getting into it. Let me tell you how deep you can get so that you don't. Let me tell you what I did to overcome and be able to share. And for those that are in the body of Christ, let me let you know this is so very important is that you don't clown them. And you don't you accept them wholly and you let them know and you be real with them. The dangers of how long that they can stay in that if they don't if they don't come out and be able and be sincere to walk with them out. They're not telling you this for nothing. And for those of you guys that are going through and that you're afraid to share because you have been to some places where you think no one has ever been. Let me know that when you got there, there was a trail. You ain't the first one. Let me let you know that when you got there and checked in, there was somebody on the, that had a mark on the wall where you're at that says Mark was here. Sam was here. David was here. You ain't doing nothing new. So you can be able to let the devil know that you're not going to shame me with this. I belong here. I have a family that will understand and accept me. They won't look at me like I'm just full of like a, a, a filthy animal that I can't be trusted or I can't be loved on. They're going to love you and help you out. We are going to love you and help you out. Thank you, sir. That is all God. You should not be on the outskirts. Still feeling like a visitor. If you've been here for over a month, 
Get involved. That's the behavior of someone who knows they belong. If you still feel like a visitor and you ain't got enough names, you're just saying hello to everybody. And then every time church is out, you dip into your car. It's a place you got to be. We understand. But if you still like feel like a visitor and you have not grabbed on to something, if you see something on the ground, like, you know, I really love this analogy that God has given me. He says, you know, like when you visit people's houses, pretty much all you get is the living room and the, uh, the guest bathroom. Yeah, the guest bathroom. But you know that when you are a part of somebody's family, you done seen how they, uh, you know, their laundry full. You done seen their uh, living room dirty or you see the trash piled high. You've been into their, the master bedroom, which nobody really wants you to get into. That's where you can hide a lot of that stuff of yourself that you don't want nobody to see. But when you are part of the family, you done seen it all. Brother Sam, is that your dirty drawers? Yes, this is my dirty drawers. Come on. You family now, you go get what you need out the kitchen or get out something out of the refrigerator. You ain't no, you ain't no guest no more. You family. Sorry for the dirty drops. I don't know what I'll be doing. Um, you won't find them in my house. I, I keep them in the hamper where they're supposed to be. Uh, if you still feel like a visitor, make a friend. Get involved. Contribute without being asked. Whether it be in finances, whether it be if you see a child that you see the mother struggling, she could use a break, grab that baby. Whether you see a brother that needs to help to the car, somebody needs to take some stuff to the car, contribute. That's how you know you belong. And that's how your family knows that you belong. If you're just being like one of those, you know, I like how young adults, when they get to a certain age, I had two pass through my house before and then they get to that part at Naja, you know what I'm talking about, where you say, I don't get nothing dirty. I just go to my room and then I go to work. So I don't contribute to nothing and I don't dirty up nothing. Why should I have to contribute or why should I have to do these chores? Because I don't dirty up nothing. And I'll be like, man, such a good point, Brother Ron. You've, you've been there with them grown kids. I'm like, man, how much toilet paper have you bought? Is is the is the is the, is the uh, laundry detergent coming out of your fund? Oh my gosh! Oh, but did you did you pay for the internet? No, I'm just asking because I mean I'm thinking about contributing and you ain't can, you ain't messing up nothing. But I'm just I still got to buy toilet paper. I'm just wondering like is we is we family? Can I get a little something? <laughs> no, I'm just talking. Maybe I'm just maybe it's just me. I'm just wiping a lot and I'm just doing a lot of laundry. Maybe I'm just dirtying up all these dishes. You know, nobody else is eating. But I don't know. I'm just saying, get involved. Contribute without being asked. You talk differently when you are in the family. People just can't say just any old thing when you're part of the family. I think I was, uh, when I had first joined this church, um, 1998. 1998, and um, I, the reason why I came is because somebody was talking bad about the church. And then when I got here, I found out that uh, it was something bad about the people talking about the church. And when I came, I was like, I belong here. This is my home, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, some might be thinking I was coming for some girl, some high yellow girl with glasses, but I really came for God, and that's why I'm still here for God. I absolutely love what God was doing, and I wanted to be a part. So nobody had to ask me to take out the trash. Nobody had to ask me if I, if I knew how to play drums. I'm going to tell you, I got some gifts, and I would like to be a part of this church. 
You don't know how many times I've been a part of this church over this 20-something years, and uh, on their way out the door, somebody would say, hey, Pastor Sam, you know I play the drums. Been here for three years, and you mean to tell me? Now we finding out what your talents are? I didn't say nothing, but I had a few words. I didn't say nothing. I'm like, goodness gracious, why would you do that? If you got these talents in the house, it's going to hit somebody a little bit. Got these talents in the house, and you ain't telling nobody what you would do because you don't want nobody to use you? What did the songwriter say? I got such a great theologian. If you could use anything, Lord, you can use me. Have you guys heard that song? So why do we wait? If you are part of a family, bring your gifts to the storehouse. Bring it. Say, hey, I, I, don't, I noticed that you didn't have a, a children's ministry. Or I noticed that you didn't have a, a singles ministry. I would love to be a part. I've been single for a while. I think I got this thing under control. And if I don't, but God's got the rest. But I want to be a part of something. That's how you know you belong. And you got to walk it out. Now, I, know I, uh, the, the talking about the family, I know that I have learned from, uh, from the tutelage of our pastors is that when people talk about your church, did you go to that church? I was like, yes. But you know what I found out? If you interject before they started talking and say, yeah, that's, that's my church. I love going there. If they had anything bad to say, you know what? It might get, it might get thwarted a little bit. They might decide to say something just a little bit differently. Now, if they're so bold to keep on talking, then we may have a problem. But you're going to have to come just like me and find out that if it's true or if it's not true, you're going to find God there right at the jump. But that's my experience. Um, let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 18, because I want to have this, this word match up. I'm not just talking out here. I want the word to match up with just what I'm saying. All right, I'm going to read it from here. And it says, and now, friends, we ask you to honor those leaders who work so hard for you, who have been you, given the responsibility of urging and guiding you along in your obedience. Overwhelm them with appreciation and love. Get along among yourselves, each of you, doing your part. Our counsel is that you warn the freeloaders to get a move on. Gently encourage the stragglers and reach out for the exhausted, pulling them to their feet. Be patient with each person, attentive to individual needs, and be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, you don't snap at each other. Look for the best in each other and always do your best to bring it out. Be cheerful no matter what and pray all the time. Thank God no matter what. May God have blessed to the reading of his word. And not, uh, not very often that you would hear pastors uh, speak on this, uh, uh, this chapter because that people would say, hey, uh, this pastor just wanted to say, hey, love me, love me. But I want to let you know that, that there is a blessing and honoring of those who are praying for you those days when you are sleeping those are they are praying for you that they're not sleeping all night long and they're not getting a full eight hours sleep because they are praying for you the things that you have shared with them in passing or that you've talked to with them after church and they have their own lives to go to but they still are staying up late so they can pray for your souls 
it is an honor to be serving under you guys. I think about every time that I'm sleeping or if I have to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning because God won't let me sleep. And I'm like, okay, God, what you want? But it's very few times that I can experience that. And I know they experience it way later. And I know that you know that they've experienced it way later because you get those texts from Pastor Linda or Pastor David when you see them posting on the group me at the wee hours of the morning. Like, man, is anybody sleeping around there? Must be Dessa is the only one, but God bless you. God bless you for doing so. So that, yeah, it says lavish them with love and honor because they deserve it. It is not an easy thing to do so. Whom we belong. I wanted to share with you guys, I, was, I had lost a, li- uh, a, li- a little bit of luggage when I went to, um, um, when we went to Oklahoma. And uh, I thought, <laughs> Pastor Dave, I got to tell you about this real quick. I, was, um, I didn't want to go to Oklahoma. We went to go honor Post- Pastor Burleson in Oklahoma. And I, uh, I was like, I don't want to go. I love Pastor Burleson. I just didn't want to go only because I had a, a costume. I know it's kind of silly. I had a costume. I really never wore a costume for Halloween. Super excited. And I had, it was a convict outfit. And I was going to wear it today because I thought it would probably be fitting. I can just slid that in there. I had tattoos that I was going to wear. And I mean, goodness gracious, I was super excited. And um, he said, well, son, you can, you can use that for a message. You can put that convict iPhone out, outfit on, and you can use that for a message. And I'm like, goodness gracious, man. He's right. So you will see that message sooner or later. I'm working on that. But no fixed address. What I want to tell you is I had lost the luggage for a moment. And what do you need to get, your, get stuff that belongs to you to your address? What do you need? Stamp? Well, luggage, you don't really need a stamp for luggage, like if you lost the luggage. Let me be more specific. So you said what? Carrier? Um, okay, you do need a carrier. Address tag, that's what I was looking for, thank you. And on the address tag, and I should have been more specific because all you guys are right, but I was looking for something specific. On the address tag, what do we need? Name and address. So check this out. I was just thinking, like, if we were parents, we were all parents, right? And let's say that we had this baby. Huh? The same baby? We had oh, different babies, but beautiful in our sight. Don't confuse me now. Hold on. Um, we had this baby, and once we had this baby, we said it was beautiful, and uh, we say, hey, I'm so glad you're a part of this world. Uh, good luck. I'm going to leave you at the hospital, and uh, we're going to go home. We're not going to tell you our address. However, uh, you can keep the name uh, because you needed a name to uh, leave the hospital. You need to have a name. We didn't want to say Baby Giles or Baby whatever. But you could keep the name, but we're going to leave you here. And I have seen that growing up in church, just a Tiffany, where people would be like, I come to the altar, I get saved, and everybody's like, yay, 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 let's celebrate. The angels in heaven just cry for just one coming to Jesus Christ. And it's like, oh, that's great. And then when they come to Jesus Christ, guess what? You're on your own. Does that make you feel belong? Can you imagine being a baby that's left at the hospital? Got somebody's name on it, but just not... Not sure because the parents did not want to, to be responsible for taking up on that. And I'm telling you that uh, when, when, when our brothers and sisters come here and they come to get to know Jesus Christ for their own personal Savior, it is for us. And I'm not saying that you have to be a parent, but walk alongside of them. 
as a brother that you're excited to bring them home to the same address that you are because they belong. We have been chosen by God. Can we go to John 15, uh, verse 16 through 19? Pastor Lynn, I'm doing pretty good. I hear the music. I was just taking my time. I was like, I'd have been done before this music started coming on, but hallelujah. <laughs> oh, John 15, 16 through 19. Pro Media, you guys are doing a really great job. I just wanted to read it from my from where I have it here. But that's for the rest of the sanctuary. All right. And this is also coming from the Message Bible. And it says, you didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you. I put you in this world to bear fruit. A fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember the root command, love one another. If you find this godless world hating you, remember, it's got to start hating me. If you lived on this world's terms, the world would love you as its own. But since I picked you to live on God's terms and no longer in the world's terms, the world is going to hate you. Because of who you belong to. It's not your job that you belong to, your boss, your society, your organizations. You belong to God. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that you can't be in these things by no means because we have to be in this world. We have to make a living. But to know, don't forget why you came. We are in the soul business. Once we give our life to God, we are in the soul business. We want people to know that they belong. We want people to be saved just like we were saved. So when you think about building wealth, when you think about the jobs that you're on, when you think about the boss that you're serving, you are serving God through them. But that's not who you belong to. You belong to God. And I love it. Don't forget that he chose you. So if he chose you, you have been selected. It was specific. It was intentional that he chose you. It was not an accident. It wasn't by happenstance. He didn't just go, uh, you, 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 you. He called you by name. He named you. He says, this is where I want you to work, Chrissy. So really, this is where I want you to be. This is how many children I want you to have. This is who I want you to marry. Chosen specifically. And the world is not going to like it. The world's going to find out like, hey, when you was living for me, brother, when you was living for the world, the world was like, this is where it's at. But when you changed it, you changed your mind and said, God, I want to live for you. And you started that relationship with him. Oh, the world was not happy. Elias, the world is not going to be happy. You can be a friend of the world, but if you are, do not, if you forget who, who you belong to, because this world will chew you up and spit you out. This world will chew you up and spit you out. Make you believe that they love you. This false sense of love. But let me tell you that when you choose God, they will hate you. And they will hate you with a passion that you have never experienced before. Like, why are you hating on me so hard? It's because I don't want you to be where you are. I don't want you to belong to God. I don't want you to be victorious of me. I need you to see you fail. This would be happens before you even came into this world. 
There was a battle going on before any of us came into this world. And they want you to be collateral damage. They want to wipe you out. They want you to get hooked on the things of this world, the temptations and the failures of this world, just so that they can say, we're winning. I don't care if he's a true and living God. I don't care if he's supposed to send me to hell for 1,000 years. I'll be burning all my life. I'm going to take as many as I can from him. David, he wants to take many as he can. And as long as we delve into it and as long as we still playing around with this thing, not knowing who we belong to, not knowing what side that we are on, we're wasting our time. Especially if we know that we are in the soul business and the souls that we are supposed to be reaching out to, we are just quiet. Here we go again, talking about the rain, mulling over things that won't get past today as we search around for truth. We got friends that time is not on their side that they need to know about this true and living God. And we are still talking about football. We are still talking about basketball, sports. We're still talking about where we get our nails done. We are still talking about the best fashions that we can be getting, what I've been shopping for on Amazon. And the souls are hurting. They're still struggling in their sin, and they want something else. And you have been strategically placed in that high school, Home Depot, where you're working in band, strategically placed. It's not an accident. Oh, I know it. It's not an accident. He put you there for a reason. At the, at the uh, child development centers to impact those children, he placed you there for a reason. Look at the big picture. You're not just working for a check. You're not just there to make friends. You're not in the, the, uh, the basketball or the football organization so that you can just play sports. You're there to let your light shine. This is, uh, I want you to go to Isaiah. Isaiah 56 and 2. Uh, first partaker. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And as I said before, it says, how blessed are you who enter into these things, you men and women who embrace them, who keep the Sabbath and don't defile it, who watch your step and don't do anything evil. And it says, most people are cool with belonging to God for those. uh, And I said it before that they would accept the invitation and everything is all good. But there are some that uh, they don't because they have been so long uh, change their address that someone says hey you know what I don't like this here so I'm going to change my address and then they go to another place and they said I don't like this here so they change their address and they go somewhere else and they change their address and uh, just continue trying to find that sweet spot that sweet spot of, uh, of belonging because there, that's a, if we would be honest with ourselves that sweet spot is, uh, is never going to be That sweet spot is when you develop a relationship. That sweet spot is when you have been a part of a family and you find your spot. Just like that puzzle that Apostle was talking about. That it's time to put my my part in the place in this big picture of things. 
but at the beginning it seemed like you just in a pile of things and so I'll continue to change my address maybe I'm just continue to church hopping maybe today I want to be a Methodist tomorrow I want to be a Mormon you know what I feel like being a Muslim but I know that I grew up a Christian and I know there's a foundation there somewhere however I just got to keep changing my address because I just want to know where I fit in I need to find that sweet spot so I don't just necessarily want to just settle right here so once we get these things things get hard you get frustrated you get ostracized you get neglected you find problems with in everything that they do you just get become so picky I don't like the way she sung. She sung too high, so I don't want to go to that church. When I was hearing this preacher, he just kept on talking so much about the offering. They always asking for offering. I don't want to go here. Oh, my gosh, there's a woman preaching. I can't go to this church because women preaching. They women, and she shut their mouth. You know what? I was in the back. I didn't sit in the front, but I was sitting in the back, and they were just talking too much. All them seats open in the front. Ain't nobody sitting there, but they mad about that, not going to that church. So many reasons why we can change our address so many reasons why we want to change our address but i'm asking you today i implore you get in where you fit in go where you belong do you have an address let us stand and i want to go to ephesians 2 and 19 do you have an address And God has already let us know where we belong. He's already let us know that he has prepared a place for us. We just have to accept the invitation. We have to know where we belong. And it says in Ephesians 2 and 19, it says, that's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. The kingdom of faith is now your home country. You are no longer strangers on the outside. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home and he is using us all. God is building a home and he is using us all. And what he is building, he used apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he is using you. Fit it. Brick by brick. Stone by stone. With Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. All of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. You want to make God your home today? He's already had a place for you and he told you that you belong. And we're going to re- we have reiterated it all month long. And I pray that it, it gets into your spirit, gets into your heart, gets into your mind, gets into your vocabulary, gets into your walk of life. That everything that you do, that people will recognize who you belong to, where you belong, what table you sit at. And there is always a place for you at the table. So there will not be any doubt. So that you don't have to keep searching for who you are. Changing your addresses as I want to be this today. Do you belong to God? each and every day when you wake up when you lay down you are his now when you wake up in the morning there's a place for you at the breakfast table there's a place for you at the lunch table at the dinner table there's a place for you when we are going out together when we are taking road trips together there's a place for you 
you belong. I'm opening up the doors to the churches for someone that, I, that we said that it was all family here. So I'm going to open up the doors to the church for someone who, who may have felt like, you know what? I want to belong, but I got this thing, this, this thing that I just don't know if they're ready to hear all of me as if you was the first one. Or maybe, just maybe, just maybe you want to be a part and you want to present your gifts to the house of God and you want to join in membership. I've been gone too long. Come on up. We'd love to have you. And we would love to put you to work. I love how the message Bible had put the stragglers and the, those ones that are slowful. We, I love that. Come on and be a part. What you waiting on? We'd love to have you. You heard anything different? It was all a lie. We understand the pastor's heart is to get you serving and get you growing in God. And serving does help you do that. Serving also helps you get to know the members of the church. Please believe it. Nothing better. Well, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me as I pray to God. Now, I thank you so much for uh, just hearing. And I pray that you would just meditate on this word all week, all month long. And let this be a lifestyle that we belong. Father God, we just thank you so very much, Lord God, for the word that you have presented before us. Lord God, thank you for the vessel that you have been using, Lord God, all month long. We thank you for the testimonies, Lord God, of those, Lord God, that have made a decision, Lord God, that this is where they belong, Lord God, in the body of Christ, Lord God. And and, uh, we just so appreciate, Lord God, that you were able to use us, Lord God, mightily, Lord God, in this day and age, Lord God, to be a light to those that are needing, Lord God, a relationship with you, Lord God. I so appreciate Lord God, the examples that you have set before us, Lord God, those, Lord God, that have uh, impacted us, Lord God, affected us, and their lives were attractive in us, that they would, we would want to serve God, Lord God, because they were living a life, Lord, that is pleasing to you, Lord God. And our desire, Lord God, as we belong, Lord God, that we would affect those, Lord God, that are in our environment, the strategically placed, Lord God, men and women in this house, Lord God, that they would share, Lord God, how they belong, Lord God, so the others would understand where they belong, Lord God, in this body. Lord, we love you and we appreciate you, Lord God. You're so faithful to us, Lord God. Lord God, I'm reminded, Lord God, of the parable, Lord God, of the the father, Lord God, of the prodigal son, Lord God, that you were waiting, Lord God, on the steps, Lord God, for that son to return, Lord God. And it does not give an exact time, Lord God, of how long he was waiting, but you are patient, Lord God, and you are faithful, Lord God, and that you knew that we were coming, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God, that when we finally made up our mind where we belong, that we came running back, Lord God. And we didn't care about our outfits, Lord God, or how we smelled, Lord God, and who we had been with, Lord God, and what we had been through, Lord God. But we made our Jesus. And our desire, Lord God, is, Lord God, those that are making their way back to you, Lord God, because we will be faithful ones on that porch looking out for our brothers and sisters, Lord God, that are returning back to you. Lord, we love you and we appreciate you. And all these blessings we ask your son, Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. Amen. Doing the closing announcements and then we'll be able to do the tithes and offering.